Evolutionary at War podcast coming away. Episode 410, Steve me here and the Rickster. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So this one, guys, is another compound episode. We're going to get into some more lifetime, lifestyle questions on this. Um, and the reason we do these, um, we want to improve your lives out there. Because there are things that you can be doing in your life that are hurting your lifestyle. And there are things that you could be doing differently or adding to your life that could improve your lifestyle. So there's a bunch of different ways we can approach this. But so the first one I kind of want to talk about, because I came across an article about this. You know, some of the in my free time, I do a lot of reading, read a lot of books, do a lot of reading online read a lot of studies, read a lot of information. So the big thing right now, I actually interviewed a pharmacist who's a friend of mine. And I asked him, I'm like, I'm like, dude, what is the hot drug these days that people are coming in and getting? What is the trend? I want to know the trend. I don't want to, I want to know what drug is trending up right now. And guess what drug that is, Rick? What drug do you think? Uh, something, uh, I would think all kinds of drugs like um, psychiatric drugs now with all of the different things going on with the lockdown, the uncertainty, the economy, um, you know, suicide rates are up across the land, across the world. So I would think any kind of uh, uh, psychiatric drugs have to be trending, no? Well, um, not really. Um, close. It's actually Adderall. And the reason the Adderall, I've tried, I've tried Adderall for my AD, uh, ADHD. Exactly, and, exactly. Uh, dude, it's so, so I, I just couldn't function well on it. So that's that's what's going on. So I kind of I kind of was curious about that little research. So what is Adderall? Adderall is a stimulant. So it's an amphetamine. It's an amphetamine. And back in the old days, if you watched some movies from the '80s. You know, you'd see guys in the, in the office, they'd be taking pills and, you know, they were in amphetamines back then. So this trend has been around, but back then it was mostly people in high stress jobs who really had to perform and they were under a lot of pressure, a lot of corporate. The 80s was the corporate age, you know, where everybody. A lot of guys do coke too, the corporate. Now you're talking about. Uh, corporate and, and guys using drugs. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. So it's anything, anything to get the mind kind of stimulated. So what we've done is what we've done is we've basically turned our minds into mush and basically taught our minds to be weak. So I think in this podcast guys out there, especially younger guys, it's not just the younger guys either. It's the older guys. You get into the trend of depending on stimulants when you get up in the morning to function. You depend on certain things in your life to function, even food. You know, you use that as a crutch. So in this podcast, we're going to get into that. But one of the topics that we've never talked about on this podcast is morning depression. And a lot of people out there have it. If you're the type of person who gets up in the morning and you're not jumping out of bed excited for your day, there's a good chance you have some sort of morning depression and it's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, we're talking at least 70, 80% of 
of people out there who are listening to this have some sort of morning depression. So if you're waking up and you hate your job, it's depression. If you wake up and you hate the person that's sleeping next to you, it's a form of depression. If you wake up and there's nobody laying next to you and you wish there was, that can be a form of depression. So what people are doing is they're getting on Adderall to give them a stimulant to get their minds going. Another thing they're doing is they'll wake up and have coffee. They wake up and they're like, oh my God, I gotta have coffee. I gotta have coffee. I can't function without coffee. I mean, hello. I mean, do you not see the connection there? So at the end of the day, you want to, when you do that, you're basically training your body to be weak. And, you know, let's, let's be honest. Like I, I can't think of anybody that I've dated over the past 10 years. Okay. Who doesn't need coffee just to function. So it seems to be, you know, women, you know, late thirties, early forties, they depend on coffee so much just to get through their day and they can't go without it. You know? So are you one of those people? Another thing, do you wake up in the morning and do you have to eat like a big breakfast? You're not even hungry, but you just eat a big breakfast. You go to go to the fast food location, you go to Dunkin' Donuts, you get a coffee and donut. You go to McDonald's, you get a breakfast, you know, breakfast meal or Wendy's or whatever these places are. Are you one of those people? You're not even hungry, really. But you still do it anyway out of habit and just to cure your hunger. So my my thing is you need to wake, start waking up in the morning and you got to wean yourself off of this shit. If you're on Adderall, wean yourself off. If you drink coffee in the morning, wean yourself off. If you're eating breakfast in the morning, eating early in the day, wean yourself off. All these are unnatural things that we're doing and they're not helping. They're making you weaker, both physically and mentally. They're not making you stronger. So you know, these are ways, guys. These are ways you should be jumping out of bed in the morning. You should be excited for your day. And guess what? If you don't like your job or you don't like the person that's next to you or you don't have someone next to you and you wish you did, do something about it. And Rick mentioned the economy. It's funny Rick mentioned that because what he was saying is the exact opposite of what's actually the reality. What we're seeing right now, we're filming this podcast in summer of 2021. And these are evergreen podcasts. So I don't know if this will continue, but right now more people are quitting their jobs than ever because there's so many job openings right now and so many jobs available to work remotely that people are calling up their boss and say, I'm not coming to work anymore. I'm done. I'm going to do something else. So they're changing professions. So this is the best time right now to do it because there's so many job openings. So a lot, a lot of people are just collecting unemployment. And don't want to go to fucking work. Rick, Rick, Rick. I, that's I, that's, I, that's I not true. That's no, not it is true. true. It is unemployment true. got unemployment's not even. Uh, not le, it's not true. Let me tell you something. Florida deal, doesn't have that, my friend. I deal, Most of the states don't have. Listen, that. listen to me. Yeah. I, I listen to me. I deal with other business owners and I'm making products and the feedback that I'm getting from other brand owners and, and factory owners and, and everybody. I mean, I'll show you the posts. It's that nobody wants to fucking work. Uh, people, people are, yeah. are, 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 but we're happy getting collecting. off track, but we're getting, uh, people off track. are happy collecting unemployment and, and some people do want to work and the people that want to be in the workforce, there's a ton of job openings for them, but what, but the major, the, the core problem that we're having right now, where, there are more jobs than people willing to fill them is 
people are getting 800 900 fucking dollars a week for sitting at home so definitely a lot of people would rather yeah that's not accurate well i mean i'm not going to debate that with you but that's not that's so just, people are not getting unemployment benefits. People right? aren't getting eight nine hundred a week. That's that's. But people are not getting unemployment benefits right now. You're saying? Not in a lot of states. Most states still have it in, all the way to until uh, September. Some have cut it off. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying not in all states. That's not really in states that don't have that. We're still seeing job openings. So my point is, get off your ass if you don't like what you're doing for a living. Go get a better job now. Is the time now? Is the time to do it. So that's, that's my point. Stop, you know, get off these stimulants, get off the Adderall, get off the coffee. This is the time right now. If any, if there was any time in our lifetime, now is the time to do it. So now, now is definitely time. So morning depression, do you wake up and whack off the porn? That's morning depression. There's absolutely no reason that you should be doing that. Do you wake up in the morning and you eat a, you know, you go to IHOP and you have a big breakfast with eggs and sausage and bacon and all this other shit. No reason you should be doing that. That food, you know, it. you know, you feel like shit after that food. That's morning depression. So there's, it's just a lot of people out there have morning depression. I went through it too. I didn't even know I had it until I've been reading lately. Some of the stuff I've been reading. I went through that too uh, years ago where I would have that same issue and I would, like I would go to Denny's and have the Grand Slam breakfast and all that shit. I feel like absolute shit afterwards. Or I go to McDonald's and have one of those hot cakes or whatever. So I feel like absolute shit. So, so I mean, that's that's just recognize this could be going on. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of my point of this. I don't want to get into like an economic uh, this, uh, debate, you know, and and talk about what's going on. You know, like we know what's going on. You know, we we know we have you know there's basically a lot of job openings right now. So if you want, if you don't like your job, now is the time to seek a better job. Now is the time to, you know, learn a new skill. Now's the time to do all that. that. That's all. I'm just trying to motivate people. I'm not looking to like the debate economics and, and all that bullshit, you know? So, but tell us, tell us your thoughts on that. I'll let you chime in. Um, I, I like stimulants. Um, I couldn't fuck with Adderall or Ritalin. Ritalin wrecked my stomach. Adderall just made me insane. It, it didn't have the good settling down effects that I that I wanted. Um, caffeine though works. Caffeine has worked. And um, some people don't don't need caffeine. Uh, Steve, you're one of them. Uh, some of us do. A lot of us do. Uh, I've I've quit caffeine here and there, but I always find myself going back to it because it's such a good performance enhancer. And um, all about performance enhancing. So uh, I'm going to read a, a, like a quick paragraph off of the off of the Harvard Gazette. Um, and this this is not he, uh, this guy is not the only one to have said it. Um, there's definitely a ton of guys that that have talked about this. But this is about a, a book called Caffeine by Michael, uh, Michael Pollan. And it says this, according to Pollan, caffeine drove the kind of enlightenment thinking the coffee houses that stretched first across the Arab world and eventually Europe became not only the internet of their day, spreading gossip and news, but also centers of discussion that fostered important cultural, political, and scientific uh, discussions. So um, basically, uh, uh, we can trace uh, eras of enlightenment, of uh, advances in science, advances in technology, to when caffeine 
started to be consumed by people, which it started in, in the Middle East around um, in the Arab world around uh, 1200, 900 to 1200. And then it made it to Europe around the 1600s. And people, sw you know, it used to be a time where you would feed your kid cider in the morning before he, he went off to, to a school or, or work or whatever you were sending your kid off to. He'd get cider in the morning and people would drink uh, beer and cider throughout the day. It was just safer to drink than water. Eventually that switched over to coffee. It happened earlier in the Arab world and then later in in Europe and it, it changed. It changed the fucking world. Caffeine did it. It's a performance enhancer. It makes us more alert. It makes us more uh, easier to concentrate. Um, and a lot of people that there's, there's a lot of people get this where they get sleepy after after they've read for a while and caffeine helps some of those people that have that issue actually power through their day. It's not the so best. Let's get everybody it's, on. It's, it's uh, let's get everybody on on caffeine and, and Adderall and throw all these stimulants at people I didn't, every I didn't, fucking I, morning. I, I didn't say that. No wonder our society is going to shit. No yeah. wonder people are spreading false yeah. news and fake news and saying that people make nine hundred dollars a week and unemployment. Nine hundred dollars a week unemployment, bro. Are you fucking? That's like that's like uh, bro, six I, figures I, a year. Bro, people bro, I went out. Listen, man. Listen, man. I went out. With a, I went out with a bitch here in Long Island. That's you know? actually that's on unemployment, and she told me exactly how much she was making. I Dude, went out with her. You're fucking bro. nuts, bro. I, Dude, I went out. I went out. I went out with. Stop the insanity. Stop the insanity, bro. Stop the insanity. So people aren't, aren't getting unemployment checks. Maybe in New York, but not in fucking most of the country. They're not getting nine hundred a week. That's fucking New York, bro. All right. Well, I I, I was just I was just out with a bitch who, who told me this story. She's basically yeah, good for her. She's good gonna, she's gonna her. wait until it runs out before she. Gets hey, man, job. you pay into the system, you get a bag, just like Social Security. Okay. Well, listen, that, that's that's a fine. That's a fine. That's, that's a fine point. Back, right? That's a fine. That's a fine. So you point. pay unemployment. Every, that's every, that. that that's check? listen. That's fine. But no? don't, don't deny it. Listen, I'm not saying yeah. that's wrong. I'm saying that's fine. That's what we pay in. But don't fucking deny that it's happening. A lot of people don't want. I to never got a penny unemployment, checks. man. Neither not did I. Neither did I. I Matter of fact, I need I need I need help locally, and I'm having trouble finding people come out of fucking work. So it's definitely um. I mean, it's it's reality. It's you know whether I mean it's just real. It's not it's yeah. not your opinion or mine. It's what's really going on. Did she pay for dinner? What was that? Did she pay for dinner at least? <laughs> I'm the man, obviously not. So uh, uh, I'm the dude I'm inviting. So I'm the one that pays, you know, um, equality doesn't extend that far. You know, I still got man, man still I still has to pay for dinner. So that's the way it works. But um, definitely a, a caffeine does help. And we'll get back to the subject. A lot of people. Uh, get through their day, get through their, get through their, their job to get through their, their work. Not everybody needs it, but a good majority of, of people that have computer jobs. So you think you're telling jobs. me a hundred thousand years ago, human beings sat around They're like, Oh my God, they woke up in the morning. Oh my God, I got to get my coffee. I need my Adderall. I need my coffee. I can't function. You know what happens if they did that? They get eaten. They get eaten by an animal or they, um, their shelter would fall apart or something. Um, well, right. Well, we didn't have we didn't have reading and writing jobs and computer jobs back then. It's a different it's a different dynamic. I have reading and writing and computer job. I don't need it. Well, I guess I guess you know something wrong with me then. Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't say that. Um, yeah. listen, I, I know you've heard from people that that they like you to be combative with me on the podcast, and that's why you started doing it recently. But it's it's not even like right now you're you're not making sense. A lot of people like caffeine. There's a shit ton of co coffee houses everywhere. I know. 
90 yeah. percent of people drink it so yeah so i mean it's it's yeah. you're, you're in the minority and, and listen god bless you that you don't need it and you're very effective and efficient without it but for many of us it's a lifelong crutch you know many of us that have issues uh um concentrating and all that it, it's a lifelong crutch and it's and it's undeniable so uh definitely uh uh you know that's funny that you said adderall is up because adderall does cheer people up it, it gives you a fake uh sense of uh of happiness in a way Adderall used to but it's not the person's fault it's the doctor prescribing it because a doctor you go into a doctor's office you complain about something I can't get up in doctor I can't get up in, I have a computer job I can't get up in the morning blah 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 and doctor is like mm, let me just write them a prescription let me not teach them see this now we're getting to my point of how do you cure this issue exercise if people got up in the morning and exercise because you mentioned 100,000 years ago, we didn't have computer jobs. I'll tell you what we did do 100,000 years ago. We woke up in the morning. We fixed our shelter. We, we hiked. We looked for, for food. We checked for predators. We did all this stuff. That's what we did in the morning. If we went back to doing that for an hour in the morning, worked out, you would feel great the rest of the day. You wouldn't need Adderall. You, don't, you wouldn't need caffeine. You wouldn't need to eat IHOP, Denny's, McDonald's. So that's the point of what I'm trying to get. It's not you a bad point. Cure, no, you, you as soon a, you as that feeling in your brain happens, I gotta have the coffee. I gotta have. The, I gotta have the Adderall. I gotta have the IHOP. Go exercise, and that's how you cure it. And me, if I don't exercise in the morning, you're asking me how I do it, Rick. I'll tell you exactly how I do it. If I don't exercise in the morning, I go fucking crazy. I'll have to be on the Adderall. I have to be on the caffeine. I have to do all that shit. Same same way. So try that. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to come be combative. I'm not trying to argue with you guys. I'm saying that 90% of people need some type of stimulant to function. That's not normal. That shouldn't be like that. Now, some people, they have some type of, you know, ADHD, whatever. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. But I'm saying we're turning our minds into mush. So all I'm saying is get out there and exercise for an hour. Hit it for an hour. As soon as you get that feeling, I got to have that cigarette. I got to have that alcohol. I got to have that drug. I got to have this. Go exercise. And magically, when you finish exercising, you'll feel euphoric. Exactly what you said that Adderall does for you, you'll feel it already. But like you said, man, modern society, we have these jobs. Oh, I don't have time to go work out in the morning. I don't have time. You know what? Wake up a little earlier. Wake up a half hour earlier. You can't wake up a little bit earlier and then go work out. So at the end of the day, like, you know, we got to have the excuses. I think working out in the morning is so much more natural and healthy than working out later in the day. But some people, their jobs, they can't do that. Some people, they have to wait till after. I've done most of my weight training after work. So in that case, maybe go do a little high intensity cardio in the morning, say a 15 minute high intensity cardio, hit a fucking trail, hit a fucking a hill up and down the hill 10 times, boom, you're good to go. You'll feel so much better the rest of the day. Whatever you're doing in the morning, that's reinforcing that addiction. That's what you got to do. So I'll let you finish out the topic. Um, I, I Listen, not to just have a counter argument to you, but um, I've, I've suffered with, uh, with symptoms from my attention deficit since I was in high school. And back then I wrestled. I've been fasting. I've, I've, I am the guy who gets up in the morning and, and goes for a quick one or two mile run at the preserve. I'm, I'm that guy. And I still find myself um, having issues with some concentration, having issues 
uh, with really staying on, on, on certain tasks. And caffeine has definitely been a great crutch. Is it, is it the perfect solution? I w- not really. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be hooked on any substances. And I've spoke, spoken about it on the podcast before, how, how, I, how strong and how good I feel on the caffeine. And it's not a good thing. But there, it's definitely been a socially acceptable crutch uh, for many of folks. And definitely a lot of uh, books got written that maybe wouldn't have otherwise. A lot of artwork. A lot of research and science got got finished and done um, that maybe wouldn't have otherwise gotten done by those individuals while on on caffeine. Uh, so, uh, not to have a, a counter argument, uh, Steve, but definitely there's there's some folks. I guess myself included. No, no, right? no. I'm not being. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, definitely. That that that, that, that that that. I you want know. people though to make a decision for themselves. They can listen to this. They can listen oh, yeah, to both our sure, points sure, of view. Sure. Yeah. All I'm asking is, look. If you want to live the most clean, healthy lifestyle, you have to not need to stim yourself up in the morning. You don't need an upper in the morning and a downer in the evening. And you're going to get into talking about a downer because you know what ends up happening to people like that? They end up aging much quicker. They end up with more heart and organ issues as they age. It's, it's aging. It's an aging factor. If you need to depend on an upper to get up in the morning and a downer at night, that's a bad habit to, to get into. And I've been down both those roads, by the way. I used to have to take sleeping pills just to fall asleep. So I was able to wean myself off of those. You know, some very smart people told me at the time, too, don't take sleeping pills. You'll get addicted to them. But of course, I didn't listen. So at the end of the day, you know, you've got to make make your own decision what you're putting in your body so what's the next topic um we're gonna go from morning depression to sleep anxiety so nighttime anxiety so anxiety is is a something i suffered with for many years started around when i was 15 16 years old it just started it just started with a feeling like like i left something undone like like i would leave the house go to school or go wherever work and i feel like like I left the stove on or the iron on in the house, just like a, and then I would say, no, I, I didn't do any of that. Uh, oh, it's probably this homework that I'm worried about or this test coming up. And I would always think my anxiety was my spider senses telling me to stay on top of something. But then I, over the years, it just never went away. And I had anxiety from the time I, I woke until the time I, I fell asleep. It lasted years. And, and the way that I got cured out of my anxiety it turned out the whole time it was just really bad digestion, um, bad gut flora uh, from taking uh, some antibiotic courses when I was a kid, probably um, heavy antibiotics. And I never went and replenished my, uh, my gut flora using probiotics the proper way. And eventually when I was in my early to mid thirties, I started taking probiotics, digestive enzymes and fiber with every meal during a a business trip when I went to see an associate and man, after about three, four days of taking probiotics, digestive enzymes and, and dietary fiber, I just woke up one day and the anxiety was gone. You know, the anxiety I woke up with every single day, was just fucking done. I thought I was happy. I felt this happiness and I couldn't explain it. It took me a couple of days to figure out like, Hey, I still have all the same issues that I, that I had before the same challenges, but I'm just not going crazy about them anymore. And it was a gut flora issue. As the years went by, I, I found, you know, different articles. There's an article about a study where uh, sauerkraut 
was helping people with anxiety and, and they theorized it was the, the probiotics in, in sauerkraut. And so I started to figure the, figure out the link between anxiety and digestion. So that should be your first stop. If you're suffering from, from nighttime anxiety and you're having trouble getting to sleep, because a lot of people think that they have trouble sleeping, but they don't. Once you fall asleep, you sleep through the night, you sleep well. A lot of people have trouble falling asleep to begin with. And you shouldn't take sleep medication for that. You need to kill that anxiety before bed. So your first place to look if you suffer with anxiety is, is your gut. Make sure you've taken enough probiotics on all, of all the different um, strains that are out there. Kind of really get get that good flora in your gut and make sure your digestion is where it needs to be. Second, if you if you're one of these folks that at night at night before you before you fall asleep at night, you um you sit there and you wonder about problems, you you worry about challenges, you you worry about a lot of shit you can't do anything about now, which is how nighttime anxiety manifests itself. You're laying down, you're trying to get some rest, you have this anxiety that's really physical anxiety. And then your brain goes and grabs whatever issue you, you could and challenge you could be facing. Because if you're alive, you have challenges, big or small, whatever, you have some. And it'll start making you think that you're anxious about these challenges or these big questions in your life. And you're really not. You just have anxiety and your brain is trying to attach it to it. You're trying to make sense of it. So nighttime anxiety, having a good kind of winding down nighttime routine is really important. Don't watch any news or, or watch any documentaries or anything too, too based in reality before bed that could get your brain spinning. If you want to enjoy, uh, read something or watch something or listen to something before bed, uh, try to, for it to be as close to fiction as you possibly can. So you're not worried about anything realistic. I like to watch uh, uh, Marvel stuff, you know, uh, Disney Channel. Now they got the series Loki and 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 the hawk and all this shit so i i like watching superhero stuff last 30 minutes an hour before bed it usually clears my mind from from any worries so that way when i lay down i'm not trying to solve the world i can just go right to bed and then the 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 real key and, and here's a good key for you guys to fall asleep at night it's called the, the monkey brain meditation and you can i was I first learned about monkey brain meditation through uh, Timothy Ferris, and then I've researched a little bit more. It's real simple. Um, so the monkey brain is that really uh, uh, that part of your brain that still that's looking out for the predator, that's looking out for creatures that might be going uh, around at night while you're trying to sleep and and eating you. You know, Steve just mentioned a hundred thousand years ago, so. That that brain, that monkey brain, is is looking out for the snake, looking out for the for the owl, looking out for whatever creature might be trying to eat you at night. And obviously, we don't need that anymore. We're not in the jungle anymore, right? So we start looking for problems, you know, modern day civilized problems, and we start worrying about those. So the way to calm down the monkey brain is you give it something to do. You give it something to do so it stops, stops setting off warning signals. It stops making you uh, basically drip adrenaline into your body at night when you should be trying to go to sleep. Your, your fight or flight response will start 
you know, going off for no reason at night before bed, which is what's, ha- what's happening. So the way to get, get the monkey brain busy. So you don't, you don't have this nighttime anxiety is you start counting your breath. You give the monkey brain a, a real simple task and you just count your breath. Now you allow any thoughts or anything to come in and out of your mind is fine. It's not, it's not the type of meditation where you're trying to clear your mind. You're just giving the monkey brain something to do and just count the breath. And you can still think about whatever it is that you want to keep in your mind as long as you keep counting your breath, keep counting each and every breath. And what will end up happening is that that fight or flight response, that 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 adrenaline, that nighttime anxiety that you get when you want to solve every problem in your life right before bed. Uh, it, you don't get that anymore. You actually start to get sleepy and sleepy, even if you think about unpleasant things or challenges that you have to face. As long as you count your breath and you keep that part of your brain busy, that's trying to set off the fight or flight response, you'll just get sleepy until you fall asleep. And most people, once they fall asleep, they're able to stay asleep for the whole night. Most people that don't, you're probably a good candidate for uh, for sleeping medication if that's the extreme you want to go to. Um, but if you just have a problem falling asleep, but once you're asleep, you're, you're fine. That's nighttime anxiety. And I found throughout the years um, that the monkey brain meditation, just counting your breath, not trying to shut out thoughts or trying to, or trying to control your, your thoughts too much. No, you just, just count your breath while you think about whatever, while you're laying in bed there with everything turned off. And I found that to be just a really easy, good way to, to kill that nighttime anxiety and, and be able to just, just fall asleep to begin with, which is a, a real challenge for some of us that have suffered with anxiety for years. So um, here's the thing with um, falling asleep. If you drink caffeine during the day, it's going to be in your system when you're trying to fall asleep. It's got a six-hour half-life. You got to multiply that by five. It's going to be in your system over 24 hours at some point. It's going to prevent you from going into a deep sleep. It's going to prevent you from falling asleep easily. So again, we go back to what I was saying earlier. If you could cut down on the caffeine or eliminate it, or at least do a small amount early in the morning, that will go a long way to helping you not only fall asleep, but get a deep sleep at night. Like Tom Brady doesn't drink caffeine. He sleeps eight, nine, eight and nine hours a day. He's obsessed with sleep, obsessed. He sleeps like in a freaking ox, a room with oxygen, you know, change, you know, the oxygen levels and the temperature perfect. And he sleeps on Italian sheets and he sleeps perfect. He takes a very, very serious soundproof room. Um, and you guys can go online and, and, and learn about soundproofing your room. It takes a little bit of an investment. I've done it myself. I've soundproofed my room. If someone breaks in your house, you may not hear it, you know, or your phone is ringing in the other room in the middle of the night, which is an emergency, you may not hear it. So that's a little bit of an issue if you do the soundproofing, but at the end of the day, you got to get your sleep, you know? So that's number one. Well, Rick was mentioning about gut health. So true because gut, the gut health is the brain of our body. So your gut has to be improve, uh, important. What he mentioned about, you know, taking these live foods, you got to make sure they're actually live. The sauerkraut that you sell that's sold in the supermarket, you know, that people buy for their hot dogs and stuff, it's, it's all dead. You know, it's dead. 
So you got to go to the health food store and go where they have the refrigerator section where they have the actual live sauerkraut. That's the stuff that you have to get. The stuff is actually pretty good. Um, but you don't want to go like in the aisle at the supermarket where the ketchup is and buy that sauerkraut. That's not going to help your, the situation. Do keep in mind there is a downside to, to sauerkraut. It is high, a high FODMAP food. Now, I'm not sure if live sauerkraut is still considered high FODMAP or not. You have to be your own judge on that. But at the end of the day, eat more live foods. Eat more organic fruits, organic vegetables. These are live fruits. They have bacteria, good, good you know, bacteria on them. And that goes in your body and it's good. You want to you have a nice flow of good bacteria coming in your body. You don't want to just eat dead foods, things out of boxes, things out of packages, uh, muscly parts of the animal. All these are dead foods. You just, they just go in your body and there's nothing. There's no benefits in terms of bacteria, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, the, the biome of your, of your stomach. So if we could actually see what goes on when food goes in our stomach and how the, the, the bacteria is dying or how it's coming alive, a lot of people would change uh, that would motivate people to change that, but you can't see it. So it goes back to the whole thing. Oh my God, we can't see it. It must not be a problem. You know? So and it's the same thing with stimulants. If you could see the stimulants going in your brain and licking your brain into mush, people would realize, Hey, I gotta, I gotta slow down on stimulants here. So, you know, the key to a downer, a downer is, is working on the upper too. So you gotta have both. Um, another big problem too, you have a job that you work a weird schedule. Let's say you go on at 2 p.m. and you finish at midnight. Or you have a job where you're working from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. and you're trying to sleep during the day. You know, we're not nocturnal animals. You know, we, we have to have a schedule. So, look, at the end of the day, you, you need to make money. That's how it goes. You need to support your family. Some people have to work a, a schedule like that. But it is not healthy. You will take years off your life doing that. You will take years off your life. So you have to weigh the risk versus reward uh, of doing that. So, and it is kind of sucky for your family too, because your family doesn't get to see you. So you got to factor all those things um, into, but you have actually a good, your formula, Rick, was actually something that I used back when I was, taking sleeping pills and I had to transition off of them. Your product called into sleep. And that's a natural herbal product that you can take. And that can kind of, if you're trying to wean yourself off these downers, off these sleeping pills, wean off of them. You got to wean off of them slowly and you got to transition to that product. That's perfect. And then that will prevent a, bad situation where you now you can't sleep at all because you're so hooked on a sleeping drug so check out rick's product into sleep i have a link in the description too you can check it out that was one of the that was a product uh, it's a very good product because it's not full of melatonin like these other sleeping uh supplements it's got different things not just the melatonin but it's got things to calm you down it's got the gaba it's got the other ingredients so i don't know if you want to um tell us a little bit more about that right before we move into the final topic. Yeah. So into sleep, the formula in, in it has ingredients to help you fall asleep and stay asleep. 
and going to deeper sleep. And it has a couple of ingredients to also help you take the edge off of some, some of that nighttime anxiety. Because it has melatonin in it, you really want to make sure to turn the lights off, take the product, don't take it and then watch TV for another half hour, an hour before bed, because then it's, it's not going to work the same. You want to make sure that as you're taking the product, you shut the lights off, shut all kinds of electronic stimuli, just sh shut it, everything off and give yourself a good chance in the dark, take into sleep, count your breath. Uh, you'll be sleeping minutes and you'll sleep really good, deep sleep. You know, just count your breath when you lay down and take into sleep. And it's a double punch, man. It's a, a lot of people that have issues with nighttime anxiety. Um, they'll, they'll go into uh, taking uh, um, anxiety medication like Xanax. Uh, some guys will drink. Um, there's, it, it becomes a, a real issue for a lot of people having this crazy anxiety before bed. And I, I've tried everything under the sun to deal with it. Everything from going to for nighttime jogs where I get exhausted. So I'd be real tired when I, when I get into bed to nowadays, I just have a really good nighttime ritual, a winding down ritual so that by the time I, I hit the sack, by the time I'm, I'm laying down, I'm ready for bed. I, I don't, I don't get into bed hoping I'll get sleepy. I'll make sure to do my whole ritual, my whole winding down ritual and then go to bed. I don't have a, a television in my room. I, I I don't watch television, but I I have a couple flat screens just because you just you just got them. You um, missed you missed the England uh, Italy uh, soccer game, huh? I don't I don't I don't I don't follow it. When Mundial comes around, I'll, I'll follow it again. But I don't, that's the European Championships. Yeah, it's a big yeah, controversy. I don't I don't follow any of that. I don't follow any of it. But um, so a uh, nighttime winding down routine uh your, your routine for winding down for sleep should start maybe an hour before you are actually laying in bed and really once you get to bed you're trying to trying to sleep maybe have sex with your wife and then try to fall asleep right after i mean whatever the situation is but you want to get that that nighttime routine drink your your tea take your and to sleep uh read a little bit of fiction watch a little bit of fiction uh, count your breath, really get that down. And if you rest, if you win the night, you'll win the day, you know? You're such a geek, you and your fiction. What was that? I say you're such a geek, you and your fiction. It's the only time that I that I consume fiction is is a night well, before bed. Consume it, huh? I, I right. don't I don't I don't like I mean I, I think I think fiction is a waste of time, like cop dramas and like weird shit. Marvel, yeah, <laughs> like a flashback like, to the eighties. Yeah, in the 80s, every other movie was a cop. Uh, a cop All movie. that shit is it, like I don't, I don't really wa like fiction. Um, I I watched enough uh, shoot 'em up movies when I was a kid. I don't, I don't feel like watching any. But, but Marvel superheroes is cool, you know. That's stuff. And 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 I got something to talk about with my kids. Is one of the reasons I consume that style of fiction specifically. Is it it. My kids consume it as well. They watch the same stuff. So now we got something to talk about. We could talk about Loki or or talk about, you know, Thanos. You know, we got, it's, it's you know, it's cool. But yeah, man, one of the worst things you could do is like listen to like a hard audio book, something that's life impacting before bed or reading life impacting kind of books or articles and shit before bed, you know? And look, I, 
guy commit. I, I sometimes I fuck that up. You know, I'm 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 into a new book now. It's called uh, Extreme Ownership by uh, Jocko Wilkins, and I made the mistake of fucking listening to the audio book at night before bed uh, a couple of days. Um, and fuck, I it was such such a hard time getting to sleep. And I remember like, hey, I had this old rule from like the last ten years. I don't watch and listen to any kind of motivational or, or self-development content before bed. Cause I just, it'll, I just won't fall asleep. And I made the mistake cause I really, I'm really into this book. This Jocko Wilkins book is fucking incredible. So I've been consumed. I consumed it for a couple of nights and man, it just, I flipped it. Now I, it's the first thing I do in the morning is, is listen to, to the audiobook for 30, um, 30 minutes, an hour. I have the, the physical book version. I'm taking notes. So when I hear something on the on the audiobook that I like, I go back to to the to the book and I mark it and highlight it. So it's a really really good book. But yeah, I'm so into it. If I let myself listen to it before bed, I just won't fall asleep. It'll just give me such a fucking adrenaline boost and, and like I'll just want to sit on my computer and get shit done. I won't be able to have rest. So that that's something important for you to know. If you already suffer from some anxiety, you got to really watch what you allow your brain to consume on the, in those minutes leading up to going to bed because it, it could ruin your whole night. Yeah. I don't let, don't watch a, a lifetime uh, thriller movie before bed. That <laughs> probably would uh, screw stuff up. So I've tortured Rick enough so far on this podcast. So we're going to get into a topic that we both might actually agree on. Um, and that's, you know, that's, you know, I, th I think you and I can, can debate pretty much anything um rationally and and very nicely but when you and i talk about politics man fucking sparks fly because you and i are, are two uh we're in two different sides of the realm and i notice that a lot that's why i try to avoid any kind of it's a good thing we don't do political shows because we'd be fucking at each other's throats every day <laughs> well i mean you don't agree with me on a lot of stuff in, in fitness either so but yeah but but uh, i think you and i are more way more civil uh discussing uh fitness things than we've ever been talking politics and, and you and i discuss politics in private and it's not being a, a, a like an issue like like you get upset well we both get a little bit upset at each other no i don't get i don't get i don't get upset man it's 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 everyone has their uh opinion based on how they were raised it has a lot to do with your childhood and stuff you have your beliefs you know you don't yeah it's your religion politics uh, all that stuff um it's it's not a good it's not a good thing to to talk about people don't want to hear that they want to talk about this shit so that's why we do these podcasts yeah, to help people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Help people with their fitness. I've thought about us doing just one podcast where we just talk politics, but I think a lot of folks that have been listening to us, they'll they'll see us differently if they kind of understood our political leanings. They would see us differently. We just kind of ruined the experience for everyone. So I've thought about us doing a political podcast a few times, and I always talk myself out of it because I – it's not what people come to us for, right? And if they start to to hear what our opinions are on things, they might be like, oh, fuck this guy, you know? Because <laughs> people take, especially nowadays, politics are so personal nowadays, I think way more than they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Now people take this shit real serious. So uh, yeah, anyway, moving on, moving on. Yeah, we got we to get to the, the last topic. So the last topic, uh, we have some fasting uh, stuff. I was actually kind of surprised some uh we have some guys on the forums chirping about how uh, a lot of fitness influencers on youtube and instagram are now promoting 
what he calls prolonged water fast, which is 48 to 72 hours, or nothing but water. And he says that they say it's the best way to lose fat and then and the health benefits, especially for people who are natty. But pretty much all these people are fake natties. Does that make sense? I kind of see what he's trying to say. Um, so this guy's saying, I'm interested in trying this for myself. I've already done 14 to eight hour intermittent fasting, but I read prolonged fast, eat nothing for 48 hours plus. And uh, blah, blah, blah. does it ex expend muscles for people who are not taking any steroid? So he's basically saying, will fasting burn muscle? And if you take the steroids, will you be able to gain muscle while you fast? I think that's what he's trying to get at. Or he's saying that you lose muscle during a fast. And if you take the steroids, it prevents the muscle wasting because that's what steroids were designed for. They were designed for muscle wasting, anemia, and all that stuff. Um, blah, blah, blah. It says, I wonder the water fast sparing muscle and only cut down fat only apply for people who are on steroid or other PEDs because steroids, nutrition, partition effects, and other muscle sparing properties. So I get what he's trying to say. And then he says that I've never seen IFBB pro bodybuilders promoting water fast for cutting. So what do you all take on this? And obviously he hasn't been like listening to this podcast or reading a lot of my posts because I talk about this a lot in the forum. You don't talk about it, Rick, at all. Um, I think you leave it to me. But uh, first off, prolonged water fast. I don't consider 48 to 72 hours a prolonged water fast. I think that that, I, I mean, that's really, you're just starting. Once you hit the 20, 24 hour mark, your body starts changing. Your body starts going into a deep ketosis so I consider that just starting out a prolonged fast. I've done 19 days. I've done 15 days. I've done five days. I've done 10 days. I've done all kinds of long fasts. I think you have to go at least three, four days to be, to be considered a prolonged fast. But the, let me, let me kind of answer this guy's questions one at a time. First of all, he says he doesn't see any IFBB pros promoting water fast. That's wrong. Uh, Big Rami, who just run the, won the Mr. Olympia, he fast because he's a Muslim and Muslims uh, celebrate Ramadan. He talks about uh, celebrating Ramadan and talks about fasting. So that's, that's not true. Hadi Shopun, Shupan, the same thing. Also top five, Mr. Olympia. I believe he's from Egypt um, and he, or um, one of the Middle East countries. And he also fasts a lot of Egyptian bodybuilders, a lot of bodybuilders that are uh, uh, living in Dubai. It's a bodybuilding hub of, of that side of the world. So that's just not true. And a lot of people in Asia and the Middle East, they fast not just for religious reasons, but just, just because that's normal. That's a normal part of their diet. So, you know, that's, that's that. Um, a, lot of, a lot of guys don't understand when the way the body works when it comes to energy consumption. So I have a chart. I mean, if, you link, if you click on the link in the show notes, it will, if you're listening to us on, on YouTube, the links aren't there. So come on evolution.org and look on the links uh, to this podcast, which is episode 410. You'll see the studies that I post. So the way it works is when you first start fasting, your body's going after the carbs. Basically foods, whatever food you've eaten in your body that's been converted to sugars. Okay, whether it's a steak, which glucogenesis, converts that to sugar in the body, whether it's a cake, 
whether it's, I don't care what it is, your body's going to go after that first. We all agree on that. Once you get to down, you know, once you get a fast going, then it transfers over. Then the carbs are gone. They start dropping. And really by like day two, day three, your body's not going after that anymore. It's switching. It's switching to fat and ketones for energy. So that is why you see people who do, if it fits your macros, you see overweight people who try, if it fits your macros, or they do these, you know, calorie counting diets, whatever, they just spin their wheels. Because if you're not, if you're not fasting for at least a couple of days, your body's just burning up the, the, the excess sugars that are in your body already. It's not going to attack those fat cells. And you can confirm this, guys. You can go to the, the drugstore and buy ketone strips and piss on the ketone strip. You're not going to be pissing out ketones unless you're fasting for at least 20, 24 hours minimum. You won't be pissing out a lot of ketones out of your body. It's just not the way our bodies work. So this is why the keto diet, the way that people advertise the keto diet, is not really uh, something where you're going into a deep ketosis. It's just not possible. Because of that, even if you're not eating any carbs at all, you will not go into that deep ketosis unless you stop food entirely because your body converts everything, converts food to sugar. That's how we function. Now, some foods, it converts to sugar a lot easier and some foods a lot harder. That's the only difference between it. And then when it comes to protein, our bodies don't attack protein any different during a fast than they do the the when you're eating every two hours, it's a very minuscule difference. So all in all, this is a chart that Dr. Kevin Hall came up with. I got to give him credit for that, who uh, studied physiology of the human body. And he came up with this chart. And again, guys, you can get the ketone strips, confirm this yourself. I'm not just, just cherry picking a study like some of these other guys do. I'm not cherry picking. This is, this is how our bodies work. This is, this is called survival. Our bodies, our bodies are like this because this is how our bodies survive. This is how our bodies survive famines and disease and viruses and uh, the, the tribe next to us attacking our village and wiping us out and taking all our food. This is, this is how uh, human beings and every other animal survives. This is how we survive droughts and volcanoes and hurricanes and tornadoes and all kinds of natural disasters over time. That's, how, that's the way it works. Now, there's one more study. I want to talk about, then I'm going to get Rick to, to chime in on this. Do you want to chime in on what I just said, Rick, first, and kind of give your thoughts on that? You're in a good role. Keep it going, man. I'll have something added. Yeah. But what, what, what do you have to say about that chart? You're, you're looking at it. What, what, what thoughts do you have on that chart? It's the way our body seeks energy. So while raw Rick's pulling that up, I'm going to go to another study. This is another study about um, they basically tested, these are athlete, athletic, uh, people here. Yeah. I see, I see the, I see the chart. I mean, it's, it's good to see it on paper, something you and I probably have known now for, for years, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's what fasting creates is the, the environment in your body changes and it primes to burn fat when you're just fasting, no calories. If you're on low calories, you've got to have a really clean diet exercise everything but it won't you won't get that switch but you won't get that if you're eating 500 calories a day you won't get that switch it's not gonna it's not gonna help your situation and it'll drive you fucking nuts it'll drive you 
fucking insane. Your your uh, stress hormones will go through the roof. You actually eating 500 calories, four or 600 calories, uh, four or five days in a row versus just fasting those days, having that little bit of calories will just drive your fucking brain insane. You'll never kill the hunger. You'll just be hungry all of the every single day because you're only having four or 500 calories, 600 calories. But if you just don't have those, you won't be hungry by the second or third day. You'll be thirsty, but the, the hunger goes away. And that, that's really important because psychologically, it's, it's, it's one of the hardest things. It's the hardest part of losing fat, of losing weight, is the psychological end of it, of, of, of keeping yourself from taking this nourishment, from having these calories that your body is, is asking for. And fasting definitely makes it just way easier. So there's one more thing I want to kind of talk about too. This was a study that was done on fasting where they did a long, prolonged fast. And after the prolonged fast was over, it was, uh, blah, 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 blah. let's see. They did basically a fast. It was every other day fasting. So they, they'd eat on they eat one day, the next day they'd fast. Then they eat one day, the next day they'd fast. So it was kind of an alternate day fasting. The results were tremendous when they did this. This is actually the most premier way to eat. Um, the one issue, it may not fit your lifestyle, but this is one of the most premier ways to combat type 2 diabetes, obesity, insulin resistance, all these other types of diseases. This is the way they eat in the blue zones. So basically one day you'll eat two or three meals healthy. Next day you won't eat anything. Then the next day you'll eat two, three meals healthy. It's called alternate day fasting. So they did this for 70 days and this was the result. Their fat went, went um, dropped over uh, 5.4 kilograms. They lost 5.4 kilograms of body fat, which if you multiply that by 2.2 comes out to 11.88 pounds. So they lost 12 pounds of fat, just fat, not, not total weight. We're talking just fat, fat mass. And then their BMI dropped from 33.7 kilos to 31.4 kilos. So that's 2.3, their, their BMI, their body weight total dropped uh, almost six pounds. So out of that almost six pounds, almost all of that was what, uh, six kilos. I'm sorry. They are almost six kilos. And out of those six kilos, almost all of it, Rick, we're talking about 5.4 kilos out of that six kilos was fat. Um, so 96.5 to 90.8, doing the math on that, that's five points, that's 5.7 kilos. And out of that, and it's 5.4 kilos. So those, so 5.7, 5.4. So 5.4 out of 5.7 kilos that they lost of weight was fat, pure fat off their body. And then when it came to fat-free mass, which is muscle, they actually gained 0.5 kilograms during this, these were, at, they were, they were working out and stuff during this, by the way, they were working out and stuff. They gain a half a pound, a half a kilo kilogram 
of muscle. So how can you, when you're fasting for 70 days, lose almost six kilograms of just pure fat and gain a half a pound of muscle in that? So basically the muscle mass stayed the same. It did not move and they lost almost six pounds of fat. And then their waist dropped from 109, I, I guess that's centimeters, Rick. I don't know why, you know, yeah, centimeters. You know the metric system better than me. I don't know what that would be in, in inches, you know, off the off your head. 109? Yeah, oh. so it went from 109 centimeters down to 105 centimeters. So four, they lost four centimeters off their waist, which is how many inches? It's a good question. Uh, about two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So can you imagine you, you do, you do an alternate and fast. It's not that hard to do guys. So one day you eat two to three healthy meals. The next day you fast two to three meals. And during that you lose two inches off your waist, you lose almost six kilograms, which is 12 pounds over 12 pounds. And then you, you, your muscle mass stays the same. You know what it's going to end up happening. You're going to look like the way I looked after my 19 day fast. Cause after my 19 day fast, people said I looked more muscular. They're like, wow, you look more ripped. You look more muscular. I didn't turn into a skeleton after I did my 19-day fast. And that's the beauty of fasting. When you fast, because of that chart I told you guys about earlier, and you can look at the chart, your body will switch into fat-burning mode and start attacking fat, and it won't mess around with your muscle unless you're really, really lean. You got to be like under 3% or under 2% body fat. Uh, that's, that's when your body could switch over to muscle. Okay. Hypothetically, but you know, unless you're, if you're 5% or 6% body fat, you don't have to worry about that. And who, who's five, 6% year round. So I'm, I'm like eight and eight, 9% right now. And I'm, I'm pretty lean. So, I mean, I don't got to worry about my muscle being touched. So that's the beauty part about fasting guys. And you feel great in the process and there's so many different health benefits. So, you know, so I hope this answers this guy's question. Um, another question he had too, Rick, and I want you to answer this because you've done a lot of fasting. Um, he wants to know, how do you even function during a prolonged fast? Could you still study or work? Unless I am on a vacation, I don't see how that's possible. And that's the thing people understand either because they think when you're fasting, you're, you know, you, you I had the best energy of my euphoric life. euphoric for the first yeah. three, four days of that fast. You're, you're almost in, in a euphoric state once you've broken through that wall of hunger on the other side of that, it's just boundless energy and euphoria. I personally drink black coffee, uh, green tea, black tea, and I never have any sugars or any milk with it or anything that adds calories, but just big jugs of, uh, of black coffee uh, during my fast is, you know, gets me going and, and uh, it's very uh, zero calories, basically. Adrenaline, your adrenaline, guys, goes off. You're a flight or fight mode. Your adrenaline's firing off in your brain. So you don't have to worry about – you have to worry about too much energy when you're fasting. You have to worry yeah, about too get, much. You'll get euphoric. Seriously. Euphoric. Seriously. Oh. You have to worry about too much. Once you're in that state – Trouble sleeping over, sometimes, too. Trouble sleeping sometimes. But here's the thing yeah. about that. You don't need to sleep as much when you're fasting because your body's not needing as much sleep because your body's not having to – uh, processed food all day. If you throw food at your body from morning till night, every two hours, your body has to process that food. It's a lot of work on your body. So you'd be actually, when I was doing my prolonged fast, I only needed five hours of sleep 
And next day I had amazing energy, but in a normal situation, I need like seven, eight hours of sleep to function well the next day and be thinking. So you'll need less sleep when you're fasting. This is a tremendous thing. I like this. I might have to do this, Rick. I might have to do an alternate day fast because it's a lot, it's a, it's a lot more easy to do when it comes to like society, societal, societal situations, you know, like if you're dating or if you like to go out to dinner, you like to go out to lunch with people at work and all that stuff, this is a lot easier for you to do the alternate day fasting versus the prolonged fasting. And it, it's been shown to have really, really good results. You don't get as much of the autophagy results. You don't get the, as much growth hormone effects, but you do get it. Because once you get to 20, 24 hours, you, you, you get that happening and you will achieve that when you do an alternate day fast. You'll be fasting, um, let's say on Monday you eat, uh, you know, three meals and your last meal is at say 7 p.m., right? You won't be eating the next day at all and then you won't, and you won't be eating until Wednesday, either early, you know, like 10 or, or at lunch, right? So you're talking about what, that's like 36 hours that you'll be fasting. So you'll cap into those autophagy benefits, the growth hormone benefits where your growth hormones going crazy and all that stuff. So that's a good option for a lot of you who have never done fasting before and you want to try it, try alternate day fasting. It will, it will literally like change your physique after, after, after what, uh, what was the study? 70 days, which is, uh, which is what, nine, nine weeks, Rick, about nine, nine, 10 weeks of this, of alternate day fasting. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you know, um, in a lot of the blue zones around the world, that's what they do. They do alternate day fasting and they live to a hundred there. Those are the people who live, live over a hundred. So yeah. So that, that sums it up. Any final thoughts before we uh, wrap it up? Um, when guys, and he addressed in the question, when guys point out that high top level IFBB pros are not using fasting as, as the backbone of their, of the regimen for contest prep, you have to realize that fasting is great for health benefits. Your blood work was going to look incredible uh, if you fast enough. Physically, your skin, your hair, your everything tightens the skin up. It's the only diet program, quote unquote, you could use that'll actually tighten the skin. It's the only one. Now, when you are a, a high level IFBB guy and you're holding on to an additional 40, 50 pounds of muscle, then your body would normally genetically under normal circumstances hold on to, the rules kind of kind of have to change for you quite a bit. So maybe a Kai Green or, or Phil Heath or one of these guys just holding on to a ton of mass already, maybe for them and their grind, fasting the way Steve and I might do it might not be the best for them because the way their body is. Now, you can bet those guys' blood tests are fucked up year-round. But I'll tell you, I, I, let me just jump in. The way that uh, Big Rami does it is one month a year. In his case, last last year was in March, I believe. So he won Mr. Olympia. Yeah, he, he, he did Mr. Olympia later in the year. So he did one month. He probably lowered his, his steroids tremendously, came off most of his supplements, fasted. He'd fast the whole day. And then he fasts at night. He'd eat 
early before sunrise and then after sunset, he'd have two meals spread out. And so he'd be fasting all day. So that's something that he does to prolong his life to kind of get out. It's an off season. It's just like an NFL athlete in the off season. They don't go with a helmet and pads and start pounding each other off season. No, they take a break, let the body heal up, let the body recover, let your organs catch up to your mass. And then you hit it hard. Once you get into Olympia, then you hit it hard. So if you're, you know, at that level, you're a pro bodybuilder, do like a three, four, five day fast a couple times a year in the off season away from your, from your competitions. That's the way, that's the way you would do it. And it, it will. Health benefits are good. And also definitely is going to put you in a better position of grow better quality muscle mass. But people don't understand that because when he said he did it, people like on social media said, oh, he's lying. He's not fasting for a month. That can't be possible. No, 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 no. He's not lying. He's telling the fucking truth. He actually did it. Okay. These guys do it. And it's not just him. It's all these guys in the Middle East who have a Muslim. It's extremely important for them to do it. That's their culture. It's the way they grew up. Just like you grew up on coffee from Colombia, Rick. They grew up fasting. And if you tell them, you tell them something like that, it's an insult. Like if I tell you not to drink coffee, it's an insult to you. I feel bad for insulting you early in the show. But to them, if you say they're lying about fasting, they'll slap you silly. Because I used to work with a lot of Muslims and they, they do fast. They take that shit serious. So don't ever accuse someone of lying about that. It's absolutely very serious. Yeah, I, it's very serious. I was, um, I've been in teams when I was my wrestling team. And then later on at the, the dojo, a lot of, um, guys that observe uh, Ramadan and they, they take it very seriously, like super serious. It's not, it's not a joke, you know? So to, to say big Ramy's lying, even, in, all, even if they're not practicing, they're not yeah. like, you're not a press practicing, Catholic, Rick, same thing. You don't go, you don't go to church. They don't necessarily practice religion, but fasting is something it's not even a religion to them. It's the way they grew up and everyone fasted. It's, it's their custom and it's very, very, yeah, it's very important to them to do it. Yeah. And it's a custom that's done from Africa all the way through, uh, through the Arab world, because it's just, it's, it's part of the culture. Yeah. Every, every year. Remember that. And Buddhists do it. I can go through all the religions, Hindus, Jews, Christians, Catholics. They all have different, different fasting protocols. It's been all, all throughout history. So atheists, agnostics, whatever, whatever you are, it's, it's something that we do. It's science guys. It's, it's all about science. So like, listen, at the end of the day, like, you know, we're feeding you this information guys. It's not to be combative um, or anything like that, but it's because, you know, I, I want to open your eyes to some, some things. That's why we do these podcasts. Open your eyes to things that nobody else talks about. And now a lot of guys on social media, which was surprising to me. I don't know, Rick, if you've seen it, but I know some guys out there, there's some really good guys like Thomas DeLauer, Dr. Jason Fung. They talk about this stuff on social media. I wasn't aware it was becoming more mainstream. And maybe it's because of us that it's becoming more mainstream. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, but I think that, uh, more and more people are learning that fasting is a weapon and they should be executing it. And I really like this alternate day fasting thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this shit. Um, I'm going to do this shit next. Actually. I'm, I like that study that I was talking about. That study looks really cool and it'll save you a lot of money on your grocery bills too. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got a nice long list of people that I've turned on to to fasting. I'll tell you someone you're familiar with, Helen from the forums. 
the fitness model. Um, I yeah. met I met her a couple of years ago, and she used to do the six meals a day and and this whole and this whole jazz. And um, I mean, I always thought it's funny because it'd be like two three p.m. and she'd be like on her third meal, starving in between meals. And at four p.m., I wasn't even hungry yet. I had to like remind myself to eat. And just uh, that time that we spent uh, um, close when I was when I was traveling. Uh, she learned about fasting from me and now she's like the fasting guru you know she she's taking it over even though a couple of years ago she she was all about the six tiny meals a day and and being hungry and pissed off in between meals or right before the next meal and it's just so much nicer on your day easier on your day when you're not lusting after food all fucking day but you can actually forget that you had to eat so yeah, Ellen's been like uh, the, I guess the most recent person that you might know that I've turned on to fasting. But yeah, throughout the years, man, it's been um almost a say almost a, a decade since I've been turning people in my personal life onto fasting. And man, everybody that tries it um, and gives it a good chance, they become converts and then they spread the word. It's just such a such a nice way to live uh, when you when you when you're on this fasting grind. It's it's great. I mean, it takes it takes a lot of that thought and time and effort that goes into meal prepping. It takes it. It just takes it away. Okay, I'll give you an example. It's uh, it's like six forty p.m. right now, Steve. Um, I haven't had my first meal for the day, and I'm not even hungry. Like I as we're sitting here talking about, it, I'm like, oh, I roll, I roll overnight. Just don't yeah. eat overnight. Just roll it into tomorrow. I, I, that's, I'm that's like, the way to do it. I'm like, oh shit, I haven't eaten. Like I'll forget that I had to eat, It'll, you'll just forget. So uh, it's, it's just, a, it's a good lifestyle. It's, it's yeah. really a lifestyle. I cured, I, I cured, I, I, I used to squat very, very heavy. I don't lift as heavy as I used to. Um, I'm an old guy now, I have to hear any of this, but um, that I have to manage and knock on wood, it's a lot better by the way. But I used to have problems with uh, hemorrhoids on a heavy squat day or heavy deadlift day because you're straining and you're grunting. So um, I had two really bad incidences with hemorrhoids and uh, in both situations, I did a nice five day fast and in both situations healed. And then the last time this happened has not come back since. So um, yeah, fasting, there's a lot of benefits of fasting. Uh, If you start feeling flu, you're getting a cold or the flu fast. Get on a fast, let your body fix the issue instead of depending on drugs. And I bet you a lot of these mental issues, Rick, I know this for a fact because I've, I've interviewed holistic, holistic doctors who, who are more in tune with, with, with food. But what we talked about earlier in this podcast about morning depression, nighttime anxiety, a lot of those mental issues are caused by food. It could be food intolerances, but it could be just food in general. So if you're kind of letting, if you're, if you're putting yourself in charge of the food and not letting the food be in charge of you, that can completely reverse. A lot of people are addicted to, a lot of people are addicted to, to food, man, to sugars, breads. Well, the best thing you did is not have a TV because when you're sitting there watching TV, you want a snack. That's just, it comes hand in hand. You're seeing food commercials. Every other commercial is a food commercial. You want a snack as soon as you're watching TV. And that's that's why the food, that's why the food at the movie theaters is trash, but people still eat it. 
Like if they served you that hot dog or that popcorn at your house, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Get the shit out of here. But since you're watching a movie, you're so entertained, you just kind of eat and don't don't notice that some of that food is just tastes disgusting. It's just yeah, you would never eat a big thing of popcorn at home like that in one sitting. You but would. then you're no in a movie way. theater and you and you go through that and you go through candy, you go through so a lot of stuff. So a lot of a lot of this is mental. And um, you know, if not for sports, I'd get rid of my TV as well. But I love I love sports, unfortunately. <laughs> so we're talking about addiction. I'm addicted to sports. So I, I got the TVs because I got a Chromecast on on them, and I just like YouTube and and um, Netflix documentaries or Disney Channel. Just throw it on there. But I don't I don't have a cable box in in my apartment at all. Like there's no no cable box, so I, I'm not being fed. You know, being fed whatever uh, whatever information the machinery wants me to listen to. I, I very selective as to the information that I, I well, like. how do you watch UFC? You said you like to watch UFC. How do you watch that then if you don't have a TV? Well, uh, it, it depends on the, it depends on the situation. Like I've got, I've got friends, buddies of mine that'll, <laughs> that'll, uh, uh, when they're watching the event, uh, when the main fights or the good fights are, are coming up, they'll, they'll set their phone up for me and they'll, you can, hire, you can there's those websites too yeah oh well yeah the websites you have to wait a day like like if you go to mma share mma tkl you got to wait a day um once in a while I'll just i'll just if it's a really good fight that i want to watch i'll just drive out to the um, i'll drive out to the nearest place where they're showing it pay the 10 bucks go in there watch the fight and then go home you know um, won't eat any of the food or drink any shit there's all trash but I'll pay the 10 bucks um, instead of paying 40 at the house um, and, and just, just go in right at the moment, the, the, that event, I won't even take a seat. I'll just stand, watch the event and then go to fuck home. So that's also a, a good, a good way. Some, some fights are worth watching. Uh, even the UFC, even MMA, I've, I've kind of uh, drifted away from it a little bit. I, I watch some of the big fights that I want to watch, but even that is, is a lot of bullshit to, to like follow and, and keep up with. All right, guys, this is a long podcast. Hope you guys learn a lot. We'll keep these uh, lifestyle questions coming. Keep keep the questions coming. That's what, that's what we do. Steve Smee and the Ricksters has been episode 410. Um, check out the show notes, like I said, guys. Come on the forums. Hit me up. Ask me the questions. All right, I'm on there all the time. Rick's on there. Rick checks in once a day as well. If you have questions for either one of us, come on in. All right, guys, and come check me out, rickyvrock.com. That's R-I-C-K-Y, V as in victory, R-O-C-K.com. Many of you guys are, are punching in the URL, getting to my social, sending me messages. That's the way to do it, man. Just hit me up. Uh, if you want to look for me on, on Instagram, is ricky underscore V as in victory underscore rock. Just come check me out. Send me a message if you have any questions, if you, if you need anything, if you, something you're not clear about, you're having a fucking side effect, you're trying to uh, make a, a purchase decision on your next supplement, your next cycle, whatever it is you got going on that's related to this fitness lifestyle, hit me up and, and I'll help you out. I'm even uh, consulting guys on, on, uh, on chick problems now. It's something that it just, it goes with the territory. Every time I, I run into a, a new client or somebody needs help, there's usually something else going on with their with their chick situation. So I help, help guys with a little bit of advice on there and that's it. Just hit me up, man. We're always uh, around to take care of you. All right. Talk to you guys later.
Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.